Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hey, welcome in. This is On My Block. I'm Amon Green, your host, along with my good friend and buddy old pal, Mike Wall, man. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing better than the Packers were doing yesterday, bro. It's good yeah. to see you. Good to be on this podcast, which, man, can't wait for this season. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, man. We're going to get this thing uh, hot and heavy and start it right now because we've been talking right before I hit the record button. We're having a great conversation. So let's just get this thing started because I know you are ready to let go and go off. Because what I saw and what you saw and what all Packer Nation, Saints Nation, NFL saw from our team, it's like, okay, um, what is what what happened? So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it off to you, Mike. For you, you can start this off. I'll follow up. Yeah, man. It's like, where do you want to start, right? Do we want to start with the fact that we just got completely outcoached? I mean, when you look at our system, right? So the the Saints beat. Uh, you look at Saints defensively. They're playing man coverage on our guys. Right for for a good mm-hmm. portion of the game, and they're getting blanket coverage. I mean, what is this? What is this system built on? Motion, bunch routes, mm-hmm. picks, crosses. I mean, very simplistic stuff. You don't see anything. Rub routes, all that stuff. Right, and we're right. gonna break it down a little bit more later. But you just like they're going single coverage, right? So you can get more pressure. There's two things that happened in this game that just blew my mind. Offensively, we're not getting off man coverage. No, nope. and. We are not getting to the second level in the run game. They're playing with a six and seven man box, bro. If we had a seven yeah. man box, it was all you could eat. Yep. Remember back in the day, we had a seven man box, it was all you could eat. They're playing with a six and seven man box, and they don't get to the second level linebacker. They can't mm-hmm. run the ball. Like, do we not like Aaron Jones anymore? Is Aaron Jones not? I thought he was. I thought he was an All Pro. Right. Where did you know? He got like six carries, man. What did he get? Eight carries, nine carries, six carries. No, he. Uh, well, he, he. I don't know if you see. Let me check this. Five stuff. carries, yeah, nine five, yards. Yeah five, yeah, five carries. AJ led with everybody, and he was the second back in with four carries, nineteen yards, four point eight yard average right there. So yeah, it just 
they got basically told don't you can't run the ball but with the box like you said light box that for all our all accounts of purposes our offensive coordinator you know those times <laughs> we're running the ball i mean i'm falling down five yards a pop basically on the other hand the saints do just the opposite you know they get alvin kamara in the game they get tony jones jr the young running back out of notre dame into the game and they establish what I like to call establish the line of scrimmage. You know what? We're going to establish the run, even though I'm, I'm not getting these big eight, nine, 10 yard runs right away, but I'm letting you guys know we're going to run the ball and we have two run young running backs. I say one young, but Aaron Kamara, you know, being the veteran, we got guys that can do it. And obviously we know what uh, Kamara could do out the backfield in terms of running routes, which he showed up as well. So, you know, that for myself was just really like, did they know it was Sunday? Was it kickoff weekend? Um, game plan wise, you know, nothing I'm trying to, you know, not speaking of nothing, you know, great coaches, they've done great. They've, you know, obviously in two years, lost six games, 13 and three, both years, but just a little bit off their timing of either play calling as a coach, because as an offensive coach, you, you're watching the plays, you're watching the defense, how they adjust to your plays. Right. And you want to see, okay, okay, they're, they're overloading or, or, or here they come with the bliss. You know what? Let's do a hot route. Let's do a, a slip screen or a wide receiver screen because I can see they're bunching up the box because you see something coming because of what the plays they're reacting to. And, and that was a whole reason why we scripted a first 15 because that first 15, it was just van- almost our vanilla playbook of seeing, mm-hmm. okay, let, let's see what you're going to do. All right, we're going to run these 15 plays regardless of what your defensive front is. So then we know, okay, next time when I come up in a double tight end set or in a in a three-by-one set, three wide receivers to the right or the left and one you know one receiver to the right, let me see how you react. And then now I know how to come at you the second time. So you saw that happening for New Orleans, you know, where there was reaction and then boom, coming off of that. But then on the flip side, Green Bay, Mark McFlore, his offense didn't just just, just kind of sputter. But I think he was going off, of obviously, Aaron, Devontae and the offense, offensive line, seeing how they were going to, you know, go out there and display, which we saw. It was a three and out right away, right out the box, a three and out. And then from then, no, no, no point scored until the end of the half, where it was a quick two minute one minute drive to get the ball in the field goal range, and then Mason Crosby kicks in, uh, kicks it in for three at the end of the half. So, AG, you you watch it though, and you take let's take our defense. So we yeah. already know we've talked about this before. Yep. The middle of our defensive line, you have Kenny Clark. He's a great player. He's not he's not necessarily a great pass rusher, but he's a he's a good player in the middle. We're kind of light on the other side. We got exploited at the defensive tackle position in the way that they were opening holes early in the game. Okay. We did nothing to address it with movement. We did nothing to address it with with crashing linebackers through the gaps so we could get a single block there. When we're playing man coverage, now you look at the first the first fourth down, we got a fourth and seven. We go man coverage. They do that tight end screen. Yep. Now uh Jair's number twenty three, right? Yep. He's ten yards off the tight end on the line of scrimmage on a fourth and seven play, right? It's like it's that palms up. You got palms up, man. Like, what are we doing? Right. Right. And then we get they get scored on twice. We can get into this later, but they get scored on twice running just crossing routes, and we don't know how to pick them up. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like we're not even talking. We're just talking basic tenets of football, how you play man coverage, how you attack, like having a plan to disrupt their zone scheme, mm-hmm. right? Having a plan to keep your linebackers clean. It, 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 just, it just didn't seem like – 
we, we've been there, we've all been there before, right? Sometimes yep. you go to somewhere and you think you're right now. You could tell the Packers, like I think Devontae Adams was talking about how hungry they are, and mm-hmm. you know Aaron Rodgers is back, and like I'm me personally, I don't even want to get into that narrative where you know Aaron Rodgers, you know, created this offseason drama, dude. Aaron Rodgers can do whatever he wants. Correct. Okay, they, they, he could show up and play. Yeah. Now, if you it, here's the deal, if you put Aaron Rodgers in, in in a situation where they're playing man coverage and your guys can't get open. You've got two rookies starting. We'll get into that in our, in our trench warfare series. Yep. But you got two. You got two rookies starting. Oh, You've no, moved online, around some right? people, and and let me tell you something. The first time, their first sack, right? Yeah. Their first sack, they run a keep pass where you're just going. Everybody stands up, turns their hips to the sideline, runs to the right. Not a single player on the Saints defense bought that. No. The linebackers did not buy it a minute. Ninety-two. Davenport did not buy it. And so what happened? Like, as soon as you that you take that out because you're being lackadaisical on the line with your run sale, bro, that is a big part of your game. So there's so many little things. It's about showing up and get prepared. You and I have been in a game where you show up and you lose that first game. And you're like, mm-hmm. damn, did we bring it like we should have? Like, were we ready to play? And I think the Packers go back in here and they look like, man, we were not ready to play today. And, and that's basically what it was. That was the consensus. You look at pregame or postgame interviews with Aaron, with LaFleur. It was execution. They're out executed. And then it's out. I want to say out effort, but definitely out ready to play. Like once that, you know, once you get off the bus, at some point in, in your career where you understand as a pro, will you turn that switch on during the, during that game week? Like for me, it was basically Monday to Monday. You know, once Monday woke, you know, started, I was ready to play. It didn't matter, you know, if I was going to play or not, if it was an injury week or if I just had a bad week the previous week, I was ready to go the next week. I got over a loss real fast. And so that's what it seemed like to me that that switch was not hit by, not mm-hmm. flicked by a lot of the players. Um, just thought that, okay. Yeah. Okay. Big change. Yeah. We're supposed to be in New Orleans, but we're not. We're in Jacksonville. We could, you know, you could, Put it on the weather. Try to there. It was eighty five degrees, sixty percent humidity difference. Then a big, you know, obviously big difference from Green Bay, Wisconsin. But at the end of the day, it's football, and then and then at the end of the day, is being prideful about how you prepare yourself to play football. And by the, if you're a pro, that means you have a lot of pride in your game. You know, offense. If you're an offensive player, you're a defensive player. If you're a coach, as a coach, I've been coaching high school sports for over 10 years now and doing the same thing you're doing, Mike, training people on their own. And I take pride in what I do because I'm training this kid to be the best at what they want me to train them in. And so when I saw when I'm watching this game, and that's the first thing that's running through my mind is like, OK, with all the 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 storyline that we know, like you mentioned with Aaron in the offseason, at the end of the day, what I did see missing from that offense was the timing down like. We know OTAs, training camp for a player of his stature, like Aaron and everybody that's you know at that in his position in terms of his status, like Devontae Adams, you know, the veterans on the offensive line, the veterans on the defensive line. Those camps are are important, but obviously it's not like, oh my God, it's the end of the year, you know, since so and so didn't be here. But you could kind of sense some of them little timing routes, like a back shoulder throw. Those throws are off his his time in the pocket where he kind of almost has some some shades of his of second, third year in the league where he's holding on to the ball. We were talking about it last week and he just didn't throw it out because I remember it was a route with Aaron Jones here in the uh, I'll say second quarter and he's coming out the backfield. No, no blitz pickup. He gets out to his right. The first look, he could have hit Aaron right away. Aaron Jones off the backfield. But then he waited, held, scrambled to the right end up getting 
hit a little bit on the on his release and it was an incomplete pass no completion so i just think those little timing issues were missed with him not being at those otas you know because of you know not wanting to come back so that's what i noticed this little tip is like that that then they're gonna have to now catch up they're gonna have to use this time today tomorrow and then in the following weeks to get that timing back to when that offense shows and he him as a as a quarterback shows where okay they're back on point because you know at this moment you know i know packer nation and i know we are it's like what <laughs> what, what what's going yeah. on you know what's going so, on right ag now? you you and i have talked about the nest the necessity or lack thereof of preseason football especially Co- now correct yeah we, talked, we talked about, about it last week yep. hey, if, yep. if, if you're not if you're not uh, if you're not a team who has, has a quarterback situation like the saints did so the saints are playing their preseason games with their starters correct okay I'm seeing their starting offensive line playing with their starting quarterback playing. You know, we're seeing this action. The Packers, on the other hand, we're not seeing their guys in the preseason. Now, are they, <clears throat> do we have some guys competing for spots of the offensive line, which we can talk about later? But generally, we're not seeing Aaron Rodgers throwing it to – hand it off to Aaron Jones, throwing mm-hmm. it out there to, to 17, throwing it out to 83, right? We're yeah. not doing that. And so you wonder – because we talked about this before, like, all you need to know in the preseason is whether or not you're ready to go when you become a veteran, right? Exactly. But if you have enough pieces missing from the puzzle or there's new pieces, this was, to me, a vote of confidence for somebody to go, maybe we should have got him a series or two, yes. right? Because even if – even if, I could I could sit here and say, hey, listen, AG, I'm good, man. I got three weeks of preseason football. I don't need to play in a preseason game. I can get my, I can get my work in. But – you have just proven to me that you were not capable of playing week one. So right. next year, I'm practicing. I don't, I'm practicing. We're going to get in the game, right? We're not doing this again. Because until you prove to me, you could come out and demonstrate on week one. Because, again, the Saints played three preseason games. Like, they played in a portion of all three. We're not doing anything. Exactly. So you have to – now you've kind of proven the model, right? It's a small sample size, but we're showing, hey, one team showed up. And one team didn't, and the team that didn't 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 get a lot of work in the preseason. So we could kind of start making some inferences, can't we? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's a that's an important point on saying, okay, do the starters like a Aaron, like a Devontae, do have to do they have to play in the games? No, but they gotta get to that point. Like, but this is a coaching thing and this is a personal player thing. Like, cause I knew when I was ready, like you knew when you were ready for the season, mm-hmm. you know, come training camp. I know it was usually for me, it took about a good week, week and a half to get the rust off. That means basically hit something <laughs> in my in my book, right. hit people. And, and, and then every this was a, but this but for me, it just didn't start with just training camp or OTAs. Once the regular season started and then the game started, it took me that first, or you know, first play. You know, my first play, usually nine times out of 10, when I, you know what I did? I hit somebody. You know, then I bloom. I'm in my game. I'm in my rhythm. I'm comfortable. I'm in a football game because that's what football is. So it's just that player, you know, if it's, you know, Aaron, he got to have that. If it's the throw, you know, let me just chuck this thing out of bounds as hard as I can. You know, all right, I'm ready. You know, find something that gets yourself ready. You know, I think every player has that. We don't obviously we don't know that of the the current players because we're not teammates with them. But it's something that I think is important because when you don't know as a person, you don't when you're not ready to go, that's a problem. <laughs> that could be yeah. worrisome. So real quick, I'm going to just give a stat line of everything. So Jameis Winston came out, and at one point in time, he didn't even have 100 yards passing, and he had four touchdowns. 
Okay, and so uh, right now he finished the game 14 to 20, 148 yards and five touchdowns, which is a NFL record on some level. Um, I know that Alvin Kamara, 20 carries for 83 yards. A.J. Dillon leading with rushing yards, 19 for the pack, which is something that obviously got to get fixed um, with four carries. And then Devontae Adams, five reception for 56 yards. He had a nice catch at the end of the first half. Nice ball that Aaron dropped in there to get the offense into field goal range. And so, and at, at this point, and we, like we both talked, offense and defense have to get some work in, you know, have to get some, I say, plays in, even though they have, no, I want to say even at the time, I was only saying, okay, wow, they got Detroit next. This will be good. But now, as I, if you saw the highlights of the NFL, Detroit actually played really good last week. They didn't even know they lost. They didn't just give up. They fought all the way to the end. They actually almost took it to overtime in their loss there. But uh, now Green Bay has Detroit coming here to uh, Wisconsin next uh, Monday night. So another big, uh, I said, opening day, home opener. Monday night football for the pack coming into uh, Lambeau Field. So it's going to be interesting. I, you know, I know for me, that's like, I, there's nothing you have to say to me to get me motivated. If I'm currently playing, in the green and gold right now. I was like, oh, we got football. I can't wait till Monday. I was like, because I'm ready to put my foot yeah. off in somebody, you know what? Because I played like crap on um, on last week in uh, Jacksonville. That's what I'm telling myself, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure these guys will be that way. Look, everybody out there is a pro. Everyone's got reasons for playing. Um, I think, and you know, generally, if you lose a game in the first week of the season, it's like Aaron Rodgers. He, People are giving him a, a hard time, but look, he's been through this before. He said, "Oh, we got 16 game lists. We played, a, we played a bad game." I think what happened this game, from my perspective, is, and we've all been there. Like, you got to, we've all had bad yeah. games. We've all had really bad games. This was an historically bad game for that team. Like, they got beat and dominated so bad that you just wonder. There was such a an accumulation of issues over the course of the yes. game. Whether it's technique issues, whether it's coaching issues, whether it's finishing the play issues, where there's so much that happened during that game that was negative, mm-hmm. that it makes guys like you and I, you know, because you got to remember, right? History, the further history is not 2020, right? The further you get away, the better player you were, and the less mistakes you made. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like I never remember. Yeah, it's like man, we would never do something like that. I remember sitting in a Minnesota. We were playing Minnesota mm-hmm. at home. Right, week one of the preseason or week soon, week one of the regular season, and I looked over at Will Henderson, dude. There was like, I go, man, can we just get? We were getting our heads beat in. I was like, man, we need to get, just get this game over and get on with this damn season. Mm-hmm. And Will looked over at me and he's like, bro, we're down like eight with like six minutes. It, it, it wasn't even we weren't even that out right. of it. But in my mind, like that game had gone so bad, I was like, shoot, man, we need to get reset or something. Like, man, we got to we we got to get right. This we, we don't look like our ourselves. Right. And so every once in a while you have one of those games. I'm sure these guys will bounce back. But again, as we get into into a little more into depth with with our analysis here, I think it was historically bad in some areas the way that we executed, especially on the offensive side of the yeah, football. And then I say flip on the defensive side of the ball. I saw. I mean, I saw this. I literally witnessed. I didn't think I would see Deja Vu, but I did. It's the same route that Tom Brady. <laughs> And the young receiver ran in the NFC Championship game against the same DB, Kevin King, and how he, again, is flopping to not get beat over top, and he gets beat over top again, you know, against uh, Jameis Winston and the Saints for the same result as a touchdown over the top, right up the middle, right up the seam on him, and it's just like, 
you know, I played, I say, I'll go, I'm gonna go back to my little league days. I played cornerback as a, as, you know, in little league and my brother coached me up on it. And he said, the first thing out of his mouth, he said, whatever you do, don't get beat over top. He said, keep, he said, at worst case, right. keep the receiver in front of you. And, and then I'll teach you how to do that. And he did. He showed me how to keep the D, you know, my, my receiver, I stay over top or stay inside out. And then mostly he knew I was fast. So I knew, I knew to just stay behind everybody in a, in a, in a Hail Mary scenario, in the half, in the game. And so that's what I knew at age 10. And so Kevin King's 20, 20 something years old, been around the game enough. You got to put that on himself. He's been in this situation before. Uh, the stakes were a lot higher the first time it happened. So in my head, it's like, this is never going to happen again. And if it does, that means, okay, they got the better of me. So he got the betterment again by getting beat over top with another uh, seam route where the receiver just ran straight down the field, you know, and he let the guy basically eat up his coverage space and then get outflanked and then another touchdown. So I'm just like, all right. This is a coaching thing. And then obviously, like we said, a player thing. They got to know, okay, you got to have that awareness about you. You already know where what they've been doing, trying to manipulate you as a defensive player and obviously defensive front to get the ball a certain way, certain, you know, down the field to a first down or to a big play. And that's what happened on that play, the big play there. So it's just like, all right, seen that before. Unfortunately, same result. You would thought that you can learn from that mistake because it was just happened probably what, nine eight months ago you know in the playoffs um but something that is fresh <laughs> it's still fresh you know it's still fresh it's fresh it's the wound has not healed right right exactly like, hey ag we we look i love watching here's the deal i love celebrations i i hate that we can't do it right i love deon sanders i love joe horn i even like to i like watching his antics right okay those guys consistently produced in other words the amount of plays that they made that they were supposed to make Versus the amount of plays they celebrated on, right? They were making more plays than they were celebrating on. Mm -hmm. And they weren't making these big mistakes. Now, when you got guys, and we talked about this before, you got guys who were doing a lot of hooting and hollering and celebrating mm -hmm. on regular plays and then making mistakes that are the same mistakes every week or in big situations, but the literally the same mistakes. Something's got to give, Yep. Right. Something's got to get got a new D coordinator. Something's got to give like the behavior has to change because kids got talent. Right. But behavior's got to change. Yeah. To me, at least. No, no, no. To me, to, you know, no, that's to me as well, because when you teaching and you're not really correcting the type of behavior, like you're saying, because of Deion Sanders, he's in his own head. He's beating himself. Oh, that's not going to happen again. Mm hmm. I'm a, I mean, if I, I will, he, he will basically say, I will die before I let you beat me over the top. I'm going to have my hand. If I got to get a, a flag, you know, that's what I'm, if I'm the D coordinator, I'm telling Kevin King, give me, I'd rather take you getting a personal foul or uh, pass interference. That lets me know you're trying to not let him get you over, beat you over top of you. Because that means you know, you're aware that he's trying to go deep and you grab and tackle him. You know what? I'll take that because one, it's not a touchdown. It's just a 15-yard penalty on the spot. That means we got another play to fight. And then it also tells me that you're aware of your mistakes. That you know, oh, crap, I made a mistake. Let me fix this right now. Because that's what happened with some old linemen. Some old linemen know, okay, if I get my ass kicked, I'm going to just grab this guy, tackle him. He's not going to hit my quarterback. 
He's not going to destroy my quarterback right now. And he, when I get, they don't look at holding penalties, brother. They look at they look at sacks given up. Man, we all know that. <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, very true. What I'm just saying, you gotta you gotta have that about you. You know, uh, and, and, and this player to play. This, these these are the stuff that we talking about with these celebrations. You're celebrating a first down, bro. You're celebrating a tackle that you should make every time it happens when it comes your way. So now it's just like you're reprogramming that by like, okay. Yeah, I'm not giving you nothing. You, you want a cookie? Hey, this is your job. That's what you're supposed to do. Now, give me something special. Give me a pick six to win the game. And then, oh, yeah, then I'll talk praises on you. You know, and I think that's where some coaches, there's probably, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're losing their edge, but there's more coaches understanding that, okay, it's a different breed. So you may have to, you know, sometimes you might have to resort back to the old school uh, way of training and talking the way we were talked to because that, that basically woke us up. When a coach would say something to us, we were like, oh, what? We're going to be cut if we don't get our job? Oh, no mm-hmm. problem. All right. Um, I remember Mike Homer used to say, uh, well, you have a bus pass and an apple waiting on you, you know, if you don't get the job done. I said, what? I said, did he just say a bus yeah. pass and an apple? <laughs> I said, that's all I needed to hear. I'm... <laughs> he used to tell us two bad sets from the bus stop, boys. What do you want to do? And that's real. That's not that's not being a, that's not joking. That's serious. Yeah, that's just that's. You know, hey, everyone's getting fired. Right. right. Basically, you, you know, it's like real simple. I'll take you down with me. Exactly. You know, yep, I'm going to take you down with me. Or you're not going to get me fired. You'll be gone before me. You know, I mean, I've had, I've had coaches mm-hmm. say that to me, you know, say that in the media room. Like, oh, man. I mean, OK, I know where this is. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you stand. I know where you stand right away. So uh, let's take it on down. So we that was kind of the rundown of the game. We know who won. We know who lost. Now we're gonna try to start breaking it down. And so this so we're gonna jump in this Mike's. I say this is Mike's area, uh, uh, one of his fun areas of expertise, the trench warfare. So Mike, wanna uh, get this us uh, the ball rolling down here for us, and I'll yeah, ch- I'm gonna chime in as much it, as I listen, can. We this is where we lived, right? This yep. is where I made my living, and this is where you made your living. Yep. That line of scrimmage, and it's so funny as you when you start thinking about how these little plays during the game can actually change the entire scope of the game. And, and one thing I want to focus on before we just get into a couple of individual players is we had, the Packers had capital, they did not capitalize on chances to sack Winston early in the game. Mm, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kenny Clark, second and five, first series off, off a, a, a tackle, tackle, uh, game. You know, like a pit game. Yep. He comes clean. Doesn't get Winston. Winston goes for a first down. Yep. He gets that sack. Maybe he takes him out of field goal range, right? Yep. Definitely two plays later, Preston Smith. He definitely is trying. He could have took him out of uh, field goal range, but instead of wrapping at the shoulder, he wraps at the hip. Jameis gets rid of the ball. They kick a field goal. It's three nothing. Next series, Rashawn Gary, third and eight. Rashawn Gary is rushing the passer, pressing in, and he get he gives up outside leverage. Escapes Jameis Winston. Escapes outside of Rashawn Gary. Okay, he runs for a first down uh, on a third and eight play. That's right? when he runs over Amos. We don't Saturday, have, right? Yeah, it was a big run. At the yeah, end. well, he I'll tell you, what, he lowered his shoulder. So, yeah, so now he's he's also he's getting a ton of uh, a street cred with his team, right? So right. those are big plays in the game. Any one of those plays, because you got to remember, if you give up as an offensive line, the mentality is if you get up a sack early, it's like, oh, shoot, I can't give up another one of those. And defensively, it's like, oh, we can get to him. Right. No problem. But the whole demeanor of the game changes – in those two series, instead of being 0-0, you're down 10 nothing now. Right, right. And what really bothers me 
from our defensive line standpoint is when you're playing against different quarterbacks and you're playing against different offensive linemen, you have to have a, what I would just call a pass rush plan. Yeah. Okay. When you got a guy like Jameis Winston and you got tackles that set with their hips are turned to the sidelines, like Armstead and mm-hmm. uh, I don't even want to butcher the other guy's name, right. Ryan. Right. When you, you have to get to the quarterback's drop height and you have to bull that flat-hipped player into the quarterback's lap and create pressure. Right. And when I see the guys continually just taking a hard rush and trying to rip up field and not working inside and not working a stiff-arm bull and making it so easy for these guys to just grab on and run through, you do not have a pass rush plan. Right, and you're not adjusting. And to me, again... Yeah. You're, yeah, you're not making – and look, everybody in the league – I mean, Armstead has been a pro bowler. I think people are watching him. It's not like you don't know how he passed or how he passed mm-hmm. pros. So do. you don't have any kind of plan to take advantage of the fact that our three best pass rushers all play defensive end. And I know Z's hurt, right? So Z Smith's hurt. He comes in. He's, he's getting some spot play. I think he played actually more than, than hey, maybe they, they wanted him to right. early on. But then you bring him there. There's there. Uh, what happened? So the mm-hmm. center goes down. Right guard goes yeah, to goes center. They bring the in a new half, right guard. Do we take advantage at no. all? Yeah, nothing changed. Right. Actually, we the offensive line. At all. When that injury happened, their offensive line actually got better throughout the rest of the game. Even though that injury yeah. happened, I noticed that. that I was, think that right guard. I think their right guard. I don't know his name. That right. I don't know that right guard's name. But when he moved yep. to center, he was yeah, a difference he was. maker. It was a, he was a he was a, a Michigan difference kid. maker. He, I believe he was a Michigan kid. Yeah. Yeah. He came in and, and dominated. He he played he played very well, right? And so you don't have this plan to get after a quarterback who looked all of a sudden looked more mobile. You know, maybe he lost some weight, but he looked mobile against us. Mm-hmm. But we're not making those plays early. That makes a difference. And then we look like we just didn't have a plan. Part of that's obviously the other team's playing well, they're running the ball, all these things. But when you get into a situation where you feel like you can't create right. pressure and then you're on these long drives. What happens, AG? You got to put your second unit in. Mm-hmm. And when your second unit at this level that's gets in it. the game <laughs> and you have a decent offensive line and you have Kamara yeah, in the backfield, oh my that's God, it's literally all you can yeah. eat. If you looked at the end zone, if you watch the end zone copy of this game, the holes that this man is running through in the second quarter are you I could I'm run watching through. it right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we got our wide open. Big yeah. gaps. We got our second line in. We got our second line in. They're in manageable downs. It's just it's too much, man. I mean, you you know how it is from your perspective. When you're seeing that, it's all you can eat. You're looking, you're trying to figure out like, man, can I get to 10 yards of carry this week? Like, right, what's it gonna right. be? You know, my, my thing is uh, you know, I'm I'm not even worried about the linebackers. If that if that what's going on is like I'm just really saying okay which uh DB is going to tackle me or who I'm going who I'm about to outrun to the end zone um, when that's going on because the defense no game plan like you say no pass rush plan because pass rush also affects the run game too because then there's penetration mm-hmm. and when you know with a good run game we know penetration will slow it won't stop us but it will slow us down a little bit and none of that was going on um, because now you're on your heels. You know, you're looking at the scoreboard, looking, I'm looking at, I'm still, I'm watching, I'm replaying it right now. It's third quarter, six and a half to go, and it's 17-3, Saints ball and driving. And this is how the game went. Once they got the ball, they offensively shot, it's Sean Payton. We already know, he's a he's an offensive genius. 
he had a guy for 20 years that made it that made his offense and his uh his job very easy as a head coach drew Brees. but then he brings in you know a guy that they had on on the on the roster but obviously had to had to learn and he did uh, in terms of Jameis winston and now you know it was a toss-up they're gonna see how preseason went between tasting hill and Jameis, and taste and james and Jameis wins it um and then you talk about those sacks that didn't happen and those are big because on the other side of I'm a quarterback, I just avoid it, or I just got out of harm's way. You know what? That gives me more confidence to stay in that pocket. That gives me more confidence to either uh, when I'm doing a play action um, motion, then I could flick my head around and I could go for my first progression to my second to my third a lot more comfortably because why? They had already attempted to sack me and it didn't happen. So that's just more confidence building that happens when you miss those opportunities that that Preston missed. That Rashard Gary missed. I mean, Rashard Gary gets in later in the game, but it was a touchdown. He was just a, a tad late. And Winston, Jameis, uh, Jameis Winston high points the ball to his tight end for, I believe that was the first touchdown he threw uh, to, one, to one of their tight ends. So those sacks are very detrimental if they happen or don't happen. And, and then when they don't happen, it builds that confidence in that player as a quarterback and obviously that offensive line because that offensive line is going to say okay he got pressured a little bit but he still got the ball off let me just continue to do what i'm doing putting my hands in the same position working on um you know any calls or ette games coming around that we pass it off correctly because then our quarterback is still you know not in the green he's not in the he's not in the grass he's up he's upright he's either scrambling out the pocket or he's uh completing the passes and getting first downs or handing the ball off between uh, uh somebody and then the young running back uh, tony jones jr i was definitely impressed even though he's uh he's not real tall but he's a he's a stocky kid and explosive up the middle and help Kamora. so this is going to be interesting for the saints for the rest of this season for them and that offense to see how how they take this game and stack it up for the rest of the season for themselves you know going down the line here so yeah for sure and you know pressure equals picks yep pressure as a defensive lineman you know because you know you're not always going to get there but you understand that pressure equals picks but if this this guy and this guy's not an escape artist yeah. usually right <laughs> so when he starts to escape and he's making the right decisions or he makes the throw in the back of the end zone to 83 when, when Gary's hanging on him but he's becoming mm-hmm. elusive he's he's making these reads I mean listen because of Sean mm-hmm. McVay there are so many people out there that think we have all of these like young smart quarterback whispers right and then we found out that wasn't true right he shipped off his guy Right, he brought in like a bona fide, all you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, and now uh, Stafford breaks records in the like he he's a great scheme Correct. coach, right? There are only a few bona fide quarterback whispers in the league, and Sean Payton is on the top. I believe of the that. List, I agree with you, right? And with the work he's done, right? And Jameis Winston, he looked like a guy who's going to send this team to the playoffs, deep into the playoffs. I know it's Week One, but he just looked like a different guy. Yep, I agree. You know? Getting back to getting back to the, the trench for mm-hmm. warfare idea, you look at the Packers offensive line. Okay, first of all, why are we fighting their strength? Why do we think that our strength is gonna fight against their strength? In other words, versus the all line. To me, they were number one against the run right. last year, right? Like the Saints are number one or two against the run. Okay. So that means they have great they have Demario Davis, a linebacker yep. and company. That guy's amazing. Cam Jordan. Yep. Right, Davenport. They got all these dudes that can play up front. They're physical, and they get to the and ball. What we made a decision to do, we talked about it last week. 
when Bakhtiari can't play, they made a decision to take Elton Jenkins, who's a, a, a very good left guard in this league, going to become a great left mm-hmm. guard, I think. But they put him out at left tackle. And we talked about it last week, AG. Now you've made a decision to let two positions suffer, okay? Because Elton's not as good as Bakhtiari, although I think he played right, well yesterday. He's just spot filling, basically. But whoever you're bringing in at guard is not as good right. as Elton. And that was a – that was – Huge yeah, yesterday. Better at take because as soon as as soon as the Saints figured out that, hey man, we already know the book on your keep pass game. Your guys all stand up and run to the right, and we can just sit pretty right. and hold these guys. Yep. Right? Unless Rodgers had that one where he just he did such a good job with the ball fake. But aside from that, like they shut that down early. Now they're getting beat on linebacker DN games. They're getting beat on TEs. Right, they're getting beat on straight rushes. They're creating pressure because you got some young guys. You got some guys that are playing the position for the first time, and you've made two positions weaker. Yeah, you made two positions weaker, and that left guard spot with Patrick. Patrick had a really rough game yesterday, and I've listened. I got I've been benched before, so I I know about rough games. This dude had a really rough game yesterday, right? And it affected like I think on the TV copy they were talking about how Cam Jordan beat Billy for. That pressure that led to Rogers' first right. pick. Look again. Left guard got beat real bad, coming right in his face. Okay, and he throws out. He's that's where he's throwing the ball. We're not aware on games. We're losing on pick games. We're losing on stunts. And most importantly, we're not getting up the, our middle three guys. And hey, Grant, I know we're starting two rookies, but we're not getting up to linebacker level. And so now we're playing a game that we don't recognize. Right. All of a sudden, Aaron Jones has five carries. Right, Dylan's got what? What'd you say? Four, four carries. Like what? Like that is not. That's not a formula to win a game. And so we're we're playing right yeah, into their the hands. rookies. These rookies are not just like D. I say D two rookies. These are D one rookies. This is Michigan. This is Ohio State. These mm-hmm. are Big Ten guys. Where you get a lot of good linemen out of the Big Ten. And so Josh Myers, he knows how to get to that second level. Being at the college he was at, because they ran the ball a lot at um, I believe Michigan. Correct. He was there. Ohio State. Oh, so Josh, yeah, Josh, excuse me, Ohio, Ohio State. State. No, yeah. And that's, yeah, Ohio State. Boom, right there. They know how to get to the second level as linemen. So that's, that's no excuse. Not, 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 not that you're not making no excuses for them, but just saying they know how to get to the second level. Josh Myers knows how. He played at Ohio State. They, they run the ball. They've had running backs in the last five drafts go in the first or second round. And they have linemen that follow. He's one of them because they get to the second level. They know how to push to that linebacker to cut him off. And sometimes on a good play, they get up to the darn safety and cut his butt down. So they know mm-hmm. how to get to that. And, and that second level, I learned about that as a running back, obviously, when I got to Nebraska. You know, being in high school, didn't really understand it. But when I got to Nebraska, I understood when my linemen got to deal with the linebackers, I was like, as a freshman, Sitting there behind those guys that I played with, I was like, oh, my goodness, this makes a difference. I didn't realize the difference, obviously. But when I got it and understood it, and then obviously it continued at the pro level, it makes sense because that's less things I got to deal with. That's a running back to get the ball upfield. And that's one one or two arm tackles that I don't have to break to then to have better runs down the field. So that's just production. So when you're not being productive as an offense, that means offensive line, regardless of how young or old they are, they're not getting to that second level. It shows up. 
you may not see it as a fan, but I say as players like us, commentators watching the game, coaches watching the game, you see right away, okay, he's not getting to this. That that guard should have every reason to get to that that left side backer or what have you on whatever um play. Things that like that happen. When you start to see that, defensive coordinators start to see that. And they're like, okay, we we got a little something, or not defensive coordinators, excuse me, offensive coordinators looking at film. So Detroit. They're looking at this right now, and they're like, okay, look what we could probably get away with a little bit here, running the ball. And we had a good day last week, or yesterday, I'm excuse me, yesterday. Detroit linemen, I mean, Detroit coaches are definitely saying that right now. Um, it might be a different game because the game's got to get played, but from watching the film of the Saints game, Packer game, Detroit is starting their, writing, writing their game plan and saying, okay, we have some opportunities here that might be able to present themselves. We, you know, maybe Packers offense timing was off which it looked like it was, but we might, we're going to see where it is because if not, we're going to test it. If we don't, you know, to see what is going to be results, if it's going to be the same results as the Saints got this, uh, this past week. So yeah, that is a big, big things there because uh, you know, any of that can then eventually <laughs> lead down a, a big rabbit hole for the Green Bay Packers and their offense. And then, and, and obviously their defense coming up too. AJ, you know, what's funny is, <clears throat> As players, you remember going into a game and you mean you just think there's some weeks you think this game plan makes so much sense. Yeah. I have so much confidence right. in this game plan. Yeah. Right? And it may it may or may not work. There's a little bit of placebo effect though. It usually yeah. does, right? And then there's other weeks where you're like, man, I'm not so sure about what's about to happen. Like this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you've been there, right? And what I think what a lot of people because fans see this stat sheet. This big laminated sheet that they're calling plays off of, dude. That thing changes every week. Yeah. Okay. And just because that's what you see, like it's not the same one. And two, they are emphasizing certain things against certain yeah. defenses. And this reminded me a little bit of watching last year in the playoffs. I'm watching them play the LA Rams with Aaron Donald, and this is when they still have Brockton, and they have all the they have these amazing that just a phenomenal mm-hmm. front seven. And their plan was so smart in the way that they're moving guys around. They're keeping Rodgers on the move. They ran, I think, like two f- true five-step drops in the first half. Five, I mean, and getting rid of the right. ball fast. So the ball's coming out. They're running the ball. Lots of motion, right? They're, they're, they're using motion and bunch to get people open. They're keeping these guys away from the quarterback. They're giving themselves opportunities. And then you you watch the, the game – Versus Tampa yeah. the next week, and now Bakhtiari's out. They're rotating tackles. They got all these problems, and now we're dropping back a ton. And JPP's over there eating us yeah. for lunch. You know, it's like as a as a former lineman, I always look at it. You know, we look at it through the lens of our experience, right? So I look at the game through the eyes of a former lineman. I'm going. We went down to a place where it's hot. Mm-hmm. We haven't played. We have AJ Dillon. We have. Jones, we have a great play action game. Like our offense is based off of our play action, our movement. Yeah. We have the we have arguably the best bootleg quarterback in the league, right? I think we're gonna get a bunch of you know two helmets on a on a on a on a down tackle and get the ball moving. And all of a sudden we're dropping back, we're barely running the football. And it's like, I don't know if they came in just thinking like, hey, we're gonna be able to drop 50 on these guys, throwing right. the ball, even though they got Lattimore, even though they got Jenkins in the back. I mean I just don't know exactly what was being thought as as they're trying to put together this game plan. But if I'm as a lineman, I'm looking at it like, man, this is not 
this is one of those where I go in like, man, I hope right. this works, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I would say what what probably happened was once the game got going, Lafleur and his offensive coaches had to look at what was actually working, which wasn't much, and because mm-hmm. they could see, as we could see, offensive linemen weren't executing. Um, they won't, you know, they weren't moving their legs. You know, they're everything's, you know, they're stoic. They're sitting there standing still, not moving their hips, not not relaying messages, not, you know, saying, oh, ET's coming or whatever message you send to your uh, your team, your offense alignment that's next to you when you see something, a game coming at you. They're not relaying those messages. So then LaFleur can only say, OK, well, this is what my offense is giving me right now. <laughs> so this is what I can look down this playbook and say, OK, this is what we're going to call that I know that we could get something out of it. Because I know how all, you know some offensive coaches think, and that's some of the one things they go to. Okay, what is what is working? We're going to run that. That's all. Let's just try to run something that works. I don't care if we get a yard. Let's just get it run and see what happens. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but you know, bro. Like, here's the thing, right? I'm not disagreeing yeah. with what you're saying, like, and the way that they think about it. But you remember Denzel Washington when he's running the wing <laughs> tee or whatever? And yes. remember the Titans? And he's like, it's just like Novocaine, man. Got to right. give it time, right? Like, sometimes you got to give this stuff an opportunity to be successful, bro. Like, if you're down 10 nothing, you got the best quarterback in the league, you're all right. You're down 17-3, you're all right. True. Okay? You can't just – because what what happens? Momentum. Momentum. Confidence. Yep. Right? It's a a real thing. And if you just start dropping back, man, hey, we're going to Fox 2 all go for the rest of the day. Yeah, you're throwing in a towel. It's like, you got no – yeah, it's basically – it feels like from our standpoint, from a player standpoint, it's like, what right. are we doing? I mean, in, in, unless unless you're the Z receiver, you're probably like, oh, great, man. Let's right. go track me. <laughs> but everybody else on the field is like, what are we doing? Like, this. this You just made our job exponentially more difficult, yep. right? In a situation that's still manageable. That's, that's yeah, my situ- point. Yep. It could be manageable, but it's obviously made easy for the defense because now the defense knows what you're doing. They Like, you just showed your cards. Yeah, so uh, with that... We got to we, we, we got, I think we've uh, dissected the boys enough here. Hopefully things could come out a lot better next week against the Detroit Lions. So we're going to get into get off our lawn. And the first couple up here are yours, Mike. So what, tell everybody what you need to get yeah, off my so, lawn about. <clears throat> so get off my lawn. Look, for people who don't know, look, we're two old guys. So. Sometimes we see some new some new age stuff and we're just get that out. We don't want to no, hear about there. that. Get yeah. off our lawn. Get it out of there. Like I saw I saw an ad yesterday. It's called it was like the stat that for all the Amazon web stuff, all this all the advanced stats, right. man. Stat that. Oh, he's got a 14% chance of catching that ball. Stat, man, get <laughs> off my lawn. <laughs> Give me some context. That means nothing. Like these are the most useless that like it's it's so funny because all those stats were created for the Correct. consumer, yeah. right? Which is great. But then I've been in buildings and they're like, well, we're using those next gen stats now to start tracking this and that. I'm like, you have no contextual <laughs> intelligence whatsoever, man. You just get off my lawn. You're like balls you know? for a second. Oh, that's I mean, hilarious. Good lord. I gotta agree with you though. I got yeah, another go, one for you. Going. I got another one for you, AG. Okay, so I'm watching the SC game, and I think it was the opening kickoff. And the kicker got booted for a targeting call in the opening kickoff of the game. Man. Okay? And we didn't talk about this in the Packers game, but Z Smith comes down the middle, hits 
Winston, with basically his right shoulder and his massive bicep, lays him out. It's a pick in the end zone. The game is not out of hand. They call roughing the passer. Yes, I remember that. Yes. On what what is what is easily? I mean, they're basically ruining football with these calls and these new rules. Like, hey, I don't even know. Do you know who makes these rules? Like, how are these rules even made? Like, they should be a whole show. Like, you know one of those old after-school ABC specials like cartoons or claymations? This is how a bill's passed, right? They should do that with this stupid new, hey, we want to make everybody happy. Everybody gets a participation trophy. You can't hurt the quarterback. They should show somebody how these rules are being made because that changed the game. They scored the next play. Game's out of hand for sure. Between that and a kicker getting booted on the first play of the game for targeting, Get off my lawn. I want my old game oh, back. Oh, man. I got to agree with you on that one. Hey, I saw – I remember that play because that was probably the only bad play Jameis had. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. What happened? Yeah. And I, I, I didn't even hear it because I don't know how I didn't hear the penalty being called, but I just knew it was a penalty. But I didn't know it was on Zadarius and him, you know, roughing the passer sort of. And it's like, come on now. Um, now that I know that I heard the whole play out, that doesn't make sense. Uh, for me – I saw, you know, Nebraska's been playing okay. You know, I'm talking about my alma mater a little bit, but they're trying to hype up this uh, Nebraska Oklahoma game this coming weekend. So this this coming <laughs> Saturday, when when we haven't played each other since December fourth, twenty ten, when the, where Oklahoma actually beat us twenty three to twenty. Okay, they don't be trying to hype up this game. We already know where Nebraska is at right now in college football. Oklahoma's on the incline for the last 10 years, and we've been actually on the decline since that game, probably. So let's not get off my lawn. We're trying to hype up Nebraska, <laughs> Oklahoma now. It ain't the players that, that were at each school like it was back in the 90s and the 80s. So don't get off my lawn with that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't try to bring that. This is another, you know. Hey, AG, were you with Scott Frosty? Yes, I was with, with Frosty. Frosty. I was with Frosty in 97, 96, and 97. Yes, indeed. That's. Hey, Frosty, and Frosty was in Green Bay for yeah, a minute, yeah, too, right? Yeah. Remember when Frosty yeah. came up to Green Bay? He was here safety. when I was here. Dude, I, I wish the best for he, He's a good dude, yep. man. He's a good dude. I, I wish he was doing better over there. Cause he's not doing very well, yeah, but I love yeah, that Yeah, guy. he's a good dude. He's just right now kind of lost his players from what I – because I have a lot of – you know, I have friends, very close friends, and family down there in the state of Nebraska that's, you know, relaying messages to me. And right now he's lost his players. So he has to gain his players – uh, buy-in back so that is what's going on what i've been watching they actually played a good game this past weekend against buffalo and uh beat them that was a team they should have beat handily and they did they beat them 28 to 3 i believe so that's that's what they're doing that's what i like them doing because you know in college football and actually any football level teams on that schedule you look at the schedule you're like all right these this is a team that we should destroy as a as a play when you know you played them Okay, we should win this game. It shouldn't even right. be close, and it wasn't. So I'm glad they did that. So now they got this Oklahoma, and they, like I said, get off my lawn trying to hype this game up because we know where Oklahoma's at. We know where Nebraska's at. Don't even try to – I'm and I'm for my team. I'm just saying, like, all right, we're struggling, and you're trying to hype us up like this is the biggest game of the year right now. This is probably going to put our season in the uh, – in the valley for at least a week and a half okay <laughs> so come on media come on Eve. was it? i don't know if it, i think it's fox sports is on or it's on cbs this saturday come on get off my line with that one hey here's 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 one for you as a bald guy <laughs> how about how about what drew drew Brees has got going on up hey, top now? I, I couldn't uh, tell that's like hey you know what he, he must have seen brian urlacher 
when Brian Urlacher was going to the hall, all of a sudden he had like a chia pet growing on his head, <laughs> right? I don't know if that was a toupee yesterday. That looked like he sprayed it on, okay? And I look no disrespect. I know it sucks to be right. bald, right? I, like I have no options with my haircut. Like, hey, what do you want, a cul-de-sac or you want to go clean? Like that's the only options right. I have. So I feel for a guy, and I understand you're on TV now, but golly, man, with that – Man, own it. Just own the baldness, man. Let's go. Let's just go bald. You rock a cul-de-sac, Drew. <laughs> Wear a fedora. Do I something. Did not. See, I got. I recorded that game. Get off my. Get off my you know lawn. That I recorded piece. that game. I'm gonna go back and check it out. All right. I'm. A, I didn't. I. I missed that one. That little detail right there. And uh, I'm. I will say this. I'm gonna agree with you on the fact that if I'm losing hair, I'm gonna just let it go. You know, I'm not gonna sit there and go mm-hmm. and fight it spray this or implant that i know i mean i know there's a lot of it's a big problem for a lot of people in the world we get it i understand it nothing against you but i'm saying i'm just i'm just letting i'm gonna go with nature i'm gonna go with nature on that you know and if i'm supposed to be bald let it let it be you know but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spray anything i'm not gonna be like having a toupee or anything like that and i, I totally missed that one i gotta I'm check that one out again like i said it looked like if you remember the old movie when you were growing up it's called like the peanut butter solution and this kid was bald so he read peanut butter on his head and he grew, he grew hair overnight or something and he couldn't stop growing his hair man it's what it looked like i'm telling you <laughs> it was just like the wrong color like i hate to harp on it because he's probably sensitive right, about right. it but or maybe he feels great because he's got yeah, hair i don't knows? know but i just looked at it like man Interesting. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Gosh, you got too. You got you got your life is too good to be worried about right, your haircut. Right. Bud. Right. So, and then uh, next one for me is I watched the Bucks. Actually, we talked about it in text messages. The Buckeyes and the Ducks go at it in the horseshoe. So, I'm liking the fact that the Ducks went into the horseshoe and beat up on the Buckeyes and win that game because you know how the, if you you know you watched enough college football, Mike, and you know whenever the game is played in. Uh, the horseshoe in Ohio State. They talk about how hard it is to play here and this, that, and the other. So I say, get off my lawn with that. The Oregon Ducks came all the way from the west side and beat them up, got that first win, and said something to the Big Ten. I think they said a lot. They came in, they ran the ball hard. They had a guy, a young running back, uh, C.J. Verdell, had around two touchdowns. He had a 70-yard run and a 10-yard run for touchdown. He had 200-plus yards rushing. As a, I'm not sure if he's a freshman or a sophomore, but he is a young runner back for the Oregon Ducks. And I say they are on the radar for this season. They're in the top 10 right now, and they're going to definitely pop up um, in the ranking. And we don't know where the Buckeyes are going to drop. Not far, because they obviously, for what they have done over the last several years, they've been in the top 20 in number one or national title uh playoff brackets all that fun stuff but get off my line trying to say that horseshoe stadium is a tough place to play when you go halfway across the country and you <laughs> drop a mud hole in somebody i'm sorry so they're good job oregon ducks and crystal ball or chris if i'm saying his name correct he used to be an old offensive lineman he was an old lineman from miami i think you know of him mike that's right and he's he that's why yeah he's a head coach for the oregon ducks brought that old lineman mentality and i gotta i, I i'm gonna just so, uh, I say tangent a little bit here. Uh, my dad was an offensive lineman, and a lot of people don't know. I don't know if I ever even told you that, Mike, but my dad was an offensive lineman, and that's kind of my, the mentality I had. That's kind of why I was the way I was because he played tackle. He played back in the day where when you got hurt, they would like just throw some tape on it. 
<laughs> just just throw some dirt on it, and uh, you could get back in there. He played down in Louisiana, you know, so he played old school rough football, and so that mentality. I think an old lineman mentality. If you could have somebody know somebody that played lineman at the highest levels of football, that means college and pro. I say you hire them. I say because they got a good mindset. Because they, we, I say all, all linemen have that grinding mindset. Because obviously nothing's given to the big boys very easy. Nothing, you know, nothing in life, nothing on the football field. We got a uh, offensive lineman got to earn every little inch they get, and they battle for it, and they do they they, they do deserve what they get. Because I mean, deserve I say deserve what they earn because they put the work in. That's one thing why I appreciated you, Mark, uh, Mike, Marco, Kevin, because I knew. Um, if I didn't do, you know, y'all didn't do your job, I wasn't going to do my job at the end of the day. So, well, see, now I know why you were so good because not, see, I didn't know you had genetic uh, predilection <laughs> to be a right. tough guy. Like, you had, you had, you had the mindset kind of cooked into you, but you also had the genetics of a damn running back. True. Right. So, you had the best of both. You had all the genetics and athleticism. But you had the mindset of one of us. That's okay. See, that's all coming together. I didn't know that. I don't think yeah, you told yeah. Me I know that. I told a few of you. That's why you said. Yeah, I knew. If I know, I told a few of you guys. I didn't tell. I thought I told everybody, but I'm glad you know now. Is you probably you probably did you probably did, but I've, I've been. <laughs> we <on>. both have. <laughs> hey, you, hey, hey. Here's a, here, here's here's a quick one on 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 Ahmad. So just to put it into into place, I tell people this because it, it still gives me chills, right? right? We have player only meetings every Ooh, once in a while. I know where, I know where you're right? going. Like, I know where you're going, going with real, this one. Things have to be going real bad for a player to have a like for a player to call a player only meeting. To put it into perspective, I called one in my entire career. Okay, we're I think we're like one in four, something like that. It was that. It was I think maybe my last year mm-hmm. in Green Bay. Right, we were like one and four, and we call it a player only meeting. And coaches hate them. Yeah. First of all, coaches they hate player. Be a part of. Nothing gets done in coach and player only meetings. It's like it's like no man, nothing gets done, and whatever you're doing is not working. So we're gonna try something, right? Because <laughs> right. This, at the end of the day, you guys always say when, we, when when you guys are losing, it all comes down to the players, right? Like everybody always says that. So it's like, well, let us try to do something too. Right. Like we'll take a little ownership now too, if that's all right. But so we, anyways, we're all sitting in there, and and Amon is the nicest smile guy in the world, but. There's something behind his eyes that's just a little bit crazy, right? So you know, like once that 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 switch is flipped, yeah. it's like, oh man, we got problems. Okay, he is. I mean, he goes. He, he can go. Like he's one of the, literally. He's like he's like a damn Formula One car. He can go from zero to ten real, real fast. Yeah. And he walked up there, and I honestly, I'm not. I don't remember exactly what you said. I just remember the outpouring of emotion was so uh, expressive and genuine and, and passionate, and it spoke. I'm getting, like, goosebumps right. right now. And I remember the handles on my – I almost tore the handles on my chair out the damn chair by the time you were done talking. And we went on an absolute tear yeah. that year after this man got up and spoke in front of the team. He didn't talk a lot, but, man, it was like – he was like, you know, what is, is Roosevelt, right? Walks off and yep. carry a big stick. Was that Churchill or uh, Roosevelt? Don't ask me. Right? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, when he he was up there, the, the it, it was one of the most memorable 
kind of emotional experiences that I think I've ever had with a group, a, a team in one area. It's like that. And honestly, this sounds crazy, but obviously when Brett's father yep. passed and we had that game, that whole, that whole 48 hour stretch, yep. that was one where I just say, man, that, that team was just, I've never been on a team that was on the same page. Like we were yep. that day, but then that other experience for me in green Bay is bro. When you talk that, that one time, man, I, it yep. was different. That was different. So Sometimes, you know, fans don't know about that know. stuff. Fans because coaches nope, don't want to talk nope, about it. No, nope. no, I remember <laughs> it was uh it was an 03 season, I believe. Cuz that uh, 03 was your last year, I believe, okay. correct? Was it after that? Or was, uh 03 04, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been 04 was my oh, last okay. year. Okay, so it might have been that and it was Bears week. And remember we started we had a rough t- start mm-hmm. to the 03 season. Remember we lost to Minnesota. I think we were 1 and 4 at the first part of the month. Of that season, yeah, we had just lost like yeah, Tennessee yep, or yep. something like that, and yep. it was, it was me. It was going to the Bears week because I remember going in that conversation and uh, knowing that it was Monday Night Football, it was Bears. They were reopening the stadium, and I think I, I think few of the lines I, I remember one of the lines I said to y'all was, "I don't care who's on that football field if it's the '85 Bears, Mike Singletary, Dick Buckus, or anybody, we gonna bust them in. You know, we gonna bust them in their mouth pretty much." I said something like that in that in that in that residence, and yep. that right there for me, like for said, hey G, I'm hyped. Like we Let's got go. hype. Yeah, I remember. You need to go talk and this I week. Look at, I, I remember <laughs> seeing your face when I had that. It was a few of y'all. You were one of them because I saw your face and you kind of looked at me in a way where I knew you hadn't seen me talk like that ever. That's what the look you gave me was like. Where did Amon come from? I like that Amon. <laughs> You kind of looked at me like, oh, oh, he's talking about ripping heads and taking names. I like that stuff. I'm one of those guys. I like that stuff. Me too. I enjoyed it. The the visceral, the visceral part of this game is you got to have it. You got to have it. You know, if you don't have that little part of those situations happen to get you a little, give you, if you're already motivated to play like we were, we were already motivated to hit people. Um, But if sometimes somebody just give you that little bit of uh. You're like, oh, you're like fired up, and that you'll be fired up for the rest of the season. You just that one conversation will take. Well, you'll sit that in the back of your brain, and when you have, you know, it could be four weeks from that time. You be like, you remember that? Co- oh, you know what? Let's get it. You know, I remind. I, now I know what you know. It's just a reminder of what our season was about, or what our what playing football is about, and all that, all that, all that stuff that gets you out there. That finds out that you find out right away. Okay, when I get hit in the mouth. I already know I'm throwing a punch right back. You know, that's what that's what that's what I think Mike Tyson said that, you know, when you get in the ring, everybody got a plan till you get yeah, punched man. in the mouth. And I know I know we're one of those two people for sure that we had a plan. When you punch me in the mouth, I'm, I'm I don't know what I'm going to hit you with, but you hit and hit with something. You know, we would we would definitely come up. You going full Wolverine. Something. You getting hit with something. I don't know if it's my fist, my foot. You know, it's it's funny. Like, I think the reason that a lot of people don't know. Well, first of all, we don't talk about those things. Coaches don't like. Don't, coaches always saying that they're they're useless, and media doesn't talk about right. it a lot. Or, the, or you know, it's, it's not that much of a story. But what what you don't understand about a fifty three man football team, and probably forty of those people are contributing on a weekly basis, is Amon could have reached fifty three guys, but if he just reached one guy. That, that it made a difference to, that's a conversation yeah. worth having. Because like we just talked about, 
this game is a series of moments, right? Are we going to get Winston at the 38-yard line? Is he going to get rid of the ball, right? Are we going to get off on that double team in time to make that one-arm block that springs Aaron Jones for a longer run? It's a series of moments. And if you can get that extra strain for one play for a series, it can actually change the course of the game. It can change the course of a season. You can build momentum. And you just are trying to find the spark. What is the spark? And on that day, my friend, you were definitely, you weren't a spark, man. You were the whole damn flame. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. So we got done with that uh, in terms of off my lawn and sharing that great story right there. And so we're going to get into the deep dive a little bit. Some of the things we already talked about in the deep dive, you know, talking about uh, six in the box, running the ball against that. And you got a couple other details in here, Mike. I, uh, I'll, I'll hand it off to you to let you get the ball going here. Yeah. You know, we, we hit a lot of this stuff. I just think, you know, again, we don't appreciate how important it is to win the line of scrimmage until you're you're kind of you're losing it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I would have gone into the game saying is, man, we got Mercedes Lewis. Okay, that's an extra lineman that can make plays in the passing game right. as well. I know you got Tanya, and he's you know he had a great year last year, but my guy Mercedes Lewis is a is a damn tackle the way he blocks. So we need to take advantage of that. And I thought watching the game, I thought that the way that the Saints lined up. I thought that the way that they lined up on defense, putting Davenport standing up, putting him outside the line, letting him make reads and collapse down that that side, I thought was a great scheme win for them. Mm-hmm. But then if you look at the offensive line of the Titans for the Saints, they did a great job. And I'm talking about number 82 in particular. I don't even know the guy's name, to be honest. I, I, oh, I, I couldn't tell you who 82 a, for the Saints is. But the way he's coming off the ball. 82. Uh, no, 82 gotcha. for the Saints. Okay. The way he's coming off the ball and just – just not dominating our guys, but locking up Z, locking up yep. Preston, locking up Rashawn, just for long enough for Alvin Kamara, who is one of the most elusive backs in the mm-hmm. business. Like you, it doesn't have to be nope. a long time. You don't have to pancake a guy, but you got to be able to do a job. And listen, let's face it, AG, most of the tight ends in the league are not Bubba no. Franks, right? No. Our guy. They cannot block. So when we see guys – it's such a weapon. People don't understand. Why is George Kittle amazing? George Kittle is an amazing player because, yeah, sure, he's fast. He can run through it. Dude, that he guy blocks it. like it's yep. no tomorrow. It. Gronkowski, maybe the best, like, utility yep. tool set tight end in the last, I don't know, 40 years. I can't think of a better one. Rob Gronkowski can literally do it all. He has impeccable technique in the run mm-hmm. game, man. And the pass pro, he is so good with his hands and his feet. If you have one of those guys, it is such a destructive advantage for that offense. And I thought the Saints guys won that battle yesterday. But I think, honestly, it wasn't because of what the Packers did as far as their output on the field. It was they weren't put in a position to be successful as often as I thought they would be given who they have in personnel in that game. Maybe it's because they got ahead right, too fast. Right. And, uh, I agree with you with the Saints tight end. They uh, Not only with the run game, you're talking about there with 82 blocking, 83 two pass receptions for touchdowns. Actually, two and then another one. Um, my last name was, I think, uh, Host or something like that. Uh, 81, I believe. Uh, so they were actually got into the game. And they were effective. They were uh, part of this whole, basically, Saints victory. Uh, for the Packers tight ends, the, with the offense, 
has all the many parts that move once it is moving. As we know, this Packer offense wasn't moving, so there was no Tunyon to get into the offense. Mercedes got a couple of receptions here, but in terms of the run game, he did his best that he could do there. But, you know, that offense as a total, as we know, didn't really get into the rhythm, so they couldn't really show what they could do. You know, as a Packer tight end uh, core, which we know they're good. We know Tunyon. I mean, Tunyon is a pro bowler. You talked about Mercedes Lewis being one of the best blocking uh, tight ends in the game that they have. But with the way the offense, I say, as a whole got going, none of body, nobody really got to shine um, because of that's just, uh, I say, just as I had a coach say a long time ago, and I just kind of kind of looked at him and it's like, what What did you just say? Yeah, well, it kind of pooped down their leg, you know. <laughs> So they put, they kind of put down their leg, and it just because things didn't get going the right way. So for them, they are a talented uh, tight end crew. They're a talented offense, as we know, and we'll see what this week comes out of the corrections, watching the film, because they're watching film right now as we are. You know, we've already – I'm watching the game again right now myself. Um, you watched it earlier tonight or earlier this morning before, you know, before the recording. So they're going through it right now. What we're, what we're talking about to you fans listening in on this podcast, the players are actually getting through it themselves personally. And I know I would be for sure. If I played this game, I'm sitting on the airplane because I know they have the technology to sit on the airplane last night and watching it on the iPad and saying, what did I do wrong? You know, how did I play this game? How did I not be effective in this game as a running back? I'm looking at that from the start of the game to the end of the game. So that's what those players are doing right now. And I say for a bigger deep dive, I'm looking at the NFC North and there was no wins. Even though Detroit played hard, Chicago played good against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. We all know how the Packers went. And Minnesota Vikings actually took it to overtime against the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. But mm-hmm. all four teams in the NFC North did not win. So I don't know when was the last time that actually happened. Um, for this division but just interesting to see so that just kind of tells you kind of where this season is at right now uh it says even though it's just the beginning it's just something i know i haven't been a part of i haven't seen and and i'm pretty sure it probably was just recently i just got studied do some homework but yeah just interesting to see that that all the nfc north you know other than because usually it's traditionally all the 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 lions are not doing good and the vikings aren't doing good so usually the bears and and the pack win but nobody's won and if you watch all the games it just wasn't no blowouts across the board other than the packers game but the lions game was a tight game was a tough game bears game was a tough game they stayed in the game and the vikings obviously that game went to overtime so just uh so you know there um anything you have after that mike well listen the the, yeah the the lions lions got dan campbell as a head coach and I know everyone's giving him a lot of grief about all the kind of he's, he's got some nonsense stuff he says. And, you know, you know, he kind of plays it off. Dan's a smart guy. He's yeah. a competitor. And, and here's the thing about Dan. One way or another, I was with him in Miami for a couple of years. Players really like him. Right. Right. The media might think he's a goof. You know, he, he, he might say some things that are a little bit different than other coaches. He's not polished. But players will play hard for that right. man. And, and you cannot. You cannot overestimate how important that is now he just has to get the right guys calling the plays at the coordinator positions i think hank fraley is running the offensive line room there to me they were very well coached last year now they brought in panay sewell from oregon he skipped that season he was supposed to be the first Mm. pick he's raw he's a guy when i watch film 
that I said, I told my own line guy, I said, hey, you need to check this dude as he be good. I said, listen, athletically, he's great. He is going to struggle mightily until somebody teaches him technique. Right. And he has, and he's, he's struggled in the preseason. He's a guy that I think we need to exploit. I know they got another first-round pick over on the left side. He's a good player as well. But these are guys that we can take we can take a little bit of advantage of. But I'm telling you, Detroit Lions are going to come in here, and they might not be the most talented team. They have some holes. But I promise you they're going to play hard for that man. Mm. you got to understand there's a difference now. When you have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers running the – I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers yeah. runs Green Bay, right? Like, Matt LaFleur is the head coach. we got a president. We got a general manager. Aaron Rodgers is the Green Bay Packers. True. How Aaron Rodgers goes, how they're going to go. It's not like that in Detroit, right? These guys are all hungry. Jared Goff, but right? he just got shipped Basically. out, man. Sean McVay said Jared Goff right. wasn't good enough, right? Everyone over there has got something to prove. I'm talking about coaching staff, players, yep, organization, uh, yeah, personnel, player. They got something to prove. So when you know you're going to get somebody's best, you better be bringing, willing to bring it because, yeah, yeah, you can absolutely turn this into a one-sided matchup if you show up. But if you don't, you're in a dogfight, you got problems. Yep. You got big problems in these games. So I'm looking forward to this game, not as a bounce-back game, but just a test-your-metal game because I'm I'm just telling you, I know that guy. I know that the players love him, and I know that they're going to come out and yeah. play hard. And, and, and a coach that is not, you know, from the media side, like polished, for as a player, we don't care. We just want to make sure they come in and <laughs> we, <laughs> care can, we can care That's less right. if they're not presentable when he's in his press conference. We want to know, can he coach me up? Can he make me better? Or can some of his assistants get me better when I make a mistake and correct it the right way on the football field or on the practice field? You know, that's all how we look at as players. We ain't trying to you know, look for the one like, look, we know the ones that want to be on Monday Night Football after coaching. We know those coaches and they will be there soon after. Right. There's, two, there's two things we look for, right? AG, there's two things we look for. One, can you make yep. me better? That's it. Right. And then two, are you trying to get some shine at my expense? Right. Yeah. Right. If you can, if you can make me better, and you're not trying to get shine at my expense, or you're not throwing me under the bus, you're not telling everybody what I mean. Because right now, let's be honest, coordinators, man. I mean, I've never knew the name of a coordinator in the 2000s. Now I could probably name 20 coordinators right. in the game, right? Because it's a scheme. It's so scheme heavy now, right? And it's become such a big deal. But as a player, that's all you care. Can you make me better that's or it. not? Can you make me better or not? So if this, if these, if these guys do it, listen, it's gonna be a good game. I'm yep, excited for I'm it. I'm excited too. So I think we're gonna. You want to wrap there? We could wrap there. I think we uh, we hit it oh, hard. Man. We hit the. You know, we, I know this is a Packer podcast, but hey, the boy, the boys didn't play good, and we had to keep it real um, for everybody tuning in to this uh, on my block Packer podcast with Amon Green and Mike Wall. I know it didn't sound like it, but it's just us being players. And like I said before in the beginning, this is how we see the game, how we break it down. When we watch film during our time as players, me and Mike, it really felt really like it feels right now listening. It felt uncomfortable because when we had a big loss like the Packers had, we had to listen to our coaches and we had to sit there and watch our gameplay on that film and they come and they rewind the tape at least five or six times before they moved on to the next play. So as fans, this is where you get a good visual of understanding as players, what we have to go through. So we don't, you know, at our jobs, we are getting told 
the only people we really listen to about who's telling us that we're not doing our job right is our coaches. We don't listen to the media. We don't listen to ESPN and Monday Night Football and Monday Night or Monday Quarterback and all the different shows out there. We listen to our our coaches and then our teammates. And so them because them the people we got to face every Mm -hmm. week for the next 18 weeks of football that's coming down the line for us. So we're going to listen to those folks because we're in the locker room together. We're in the media room together. And those are the people that's going to make us better. And that's how we that's how we would go through our film. We didn't want to watch that film sometimes, but we knew we had to to get better. And that's what that's what we just did here today on the podcast on my block podcast here with Ramon Green and Mike Wall. So I want to appreciate everyone tuning in. And you can download this wherever you download your podcast, Apple Podcasts, iHeart uh, Radio, Spotify. I've been on I could tap. Yeah, you saw Mike. I've been on uh, the Apple Podcast. You type you go to Apple Podcasts, you type in either your name or my name and it does pop up under Believe Production on my block, a Green Bay podcast with Amon Green and Mike Wall. So yeah, definitely download it, rate us, review us. We need that because that keeps the show um, going. It keeps it popular for our first season here. So I hope everyone have a great rest of your week. We'll be back to break down the Lions. And uh, actually, well, it was a Monday night game. So we'll be actually be talking, I guess, what, we're gonna, what do you want to talk before or do that after? We got to talk to the crew, to production crew. I think we should do okay. it after. I think so too, because we, we should do. It. I think we, we yeah, could do it. Let's, we let's could do, do it next after. Tuesday, you know, after the Monday night game, because that's what we'll be having down next week is a Monday night Detroit Lions coming into Lambeau Field. So we we will we have this up uh, next. This podcast will be live later today um, once I get it downloaded. But next week we'll definitely be recording probably on Tuesday. We'll just talk with the crew. I think they'll agree with that. So like I said, I hope everyone have a great weekend, Mike. I appreciate you. Love the feedback. Love the the, the the batter back and forth. And I'm so excited about this season, man. Have uh, You got anything you want to add before we jump off? No, I mean, you know, the only thing I was thinking, AG, is uh, any, anybody out there wants, wants to just hit us with some questions, anything to think about the game, some comments, man. We could, uh, you can either hit us at, at, at emails or I, we, have a, we have a Twitter handle. So it's on underscore my underscore block on Twitter. We'll put that in, why don't we put that in the notes? You guys can yep. hit us up. Anything, direct all questions, comments. We'll see if we can catch your stuff next week, especially after these games, man. Because, again, Amon said it the best. We're going to give you an – this isn't ESPN takes, man. We're no. going to give you the truth. We're going to give you the truth as we see it. Some days it's going to be great. It's all sunshine and rainbows. Actually, it's never going to be sunshine and rainbows. But it's going to be honest. Some days it's going to be like, hey, today was yep. tough, man. But that's okay. That's okay because, like Aaron Rodgers said, the 16 games left. So, exactly. so look forward to uh, the season with all you, right. bro. Same here. And uh, see you next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.